When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Can't say that Favre has ever slapped my ass. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackey and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Down the backfield, Alexander Madison feeling in motion. They fake the give to Madison. Cousins for the end zone. Is it caught? Yes, and what a catch by Adam Thielen, and what a throw by Kirk Cousins. And I think what you were saying earlier about Kubiak, he is uh, implanting some great strategies. I love what Kirk Cousins is doing finally. I know everyone has been impatient with that situation, but if next year or this year we win the Super Bowl, then that $86 million was worth it, right? Absolutely. If you win a Super Bowl, yeah. yeah Retire so the number eight for all I care at that point. Who cares? Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Vikings Vet Line, you can find that on demand from yesterday and from this morning. If you aren't familiar, Vikings Vet Line is now six days a week, the day after Vikings games and also Monday through Friday. Uh, the weekday version is Judd Zolget and Danny Cunningham. Myself and Manny Hill are also part of the post-game edition. Anywhere you find podcasts, Vikings, Ventline, Spotify, Apple, and the Scornorth app. It's time for some NFL insights with our friend Tom Pellicer, and We have to get information about Adam Thielen's MRI and other things involving the Vikings like Kirk Cousins. But we have a really important question to ask you right now, Tom. When you do, is it related to that sound bite that I told you not to play? That you now play before every single time I'm on. <laughs> Actually, sort of, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit. It may be in a around, directly in a roundabout related, way. yeah, in a roundabout way. Okay, when you, what do you got, Phil? When you do your uh, your when you're when you're in a suit jacket and a tie, and you're in your home office doing a hit on NFL Network, are you wearing mesh shorts? No. And this is a common misconception. I don't know how anybody else does it. I certainly cannot speak for the Ian Rappaport's, Mike Garofolos of the world. Uh, but for me, I try to have pants on, no matter what, and shoes. I have a couple of pairs of uh, running shoes that I wear in the house that are clean, that aren't going to track dirt around. Uh, try to feel like I'm at least like a little bit uh, of an actual human being with a job and not somebody you know in their in their sweats are they the corresponding pants to the jacket like are you wearing the full suit or no, might they be no, okay no. Oh, so it could be not. like sweatpants or jeans or like some flannel pants I around the christmas to, season in, i've had you know like the the running pants before i've tried you know i i bought a couple of pairs of 
don't know what to call them, but they're like the things that look like they they're not quite jeggings, but they're like they look like jeans, but they got like an elastic waist and a drawstring. Even that I felt like that was over the line. Now the one key exception to this is uh for some of those late night hits when uh somebody, you know, gets signed or traded or something in the middle of the night and I get pulled out of bed. Uh, the night that Le'Veon Bell signed with the Jets, and that news came out at about 12.30 a.m. Central or something. I had already been on TV for 18 hours that day. Had just gone to bed, popped back up, and did not have time. And so I remember looking down five seconds before air and just being like, well, here I am in Boxer Briefs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Here, here we go. Here we go <laughs> I boys. thought you were going to say pajama pants. I was, on for over, I was on for over an hour wow. after that, too. And just, there was no, no apologies. There was no break in the, uh, no break in the programming. I respect that. <laughs> I'd go mess shorts consistently, yeah, but wearing, that's just junk. Yeah, I'd be wearing gym shorts or like sweatpants. I mean, I'm at home. Yeah, but have you ever tried to track like a dress shirt into shorts like that? It's just, it's not a good, like, part of it is you have to have the dress shirt be able to be, like, a flat front. I feel like if I got, if I have the elastic waistband in there, it's going to kind of crumple the front of the shirt. And even though you can't see anything from, you know, my stomach down, you're going to ultimately know something's awry. My other question was, it's not nearly as interesting, but I've always wondered this when I see you guys on TV. The wall behind you, is that, are those your trinkets, or did somebody from NFL Network come in and decorate the wall behind you in your in-home set? 95% of it is not mine. Uh, yes, there was a set designer who actually designed this uh, on multiple occasions. It went through a whole process. Uh, they brought all the triangles that are behind me that I get asked a lot about in the fake plants. The only things, as I'm looking at it here, because I'm in the office right now, but the only things that are back here that are actually mine are a couple of the records and then my starting lineup guys uh, from, like, 1989 era. All, the, all those guys, that's why, if you ever look uh, very carefully, uh, yes, that is a Brian Bosworth on the third shelf. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Well, just remember, and we'll get into Viking stuff here, when you are trying to decide between mesh shorts or the corresponding pants to the suit that you're wearing, Tom, you should always dress for the job you want, not the job that you have. Okay? <laughs> Never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> Never gets old. All right. It's, it's so true. It's All right. Very true. Adam Thielen, uh, what is the status? What are you hearing about Adam Thielen? Is it amputation or is he going to be fine? Uh, my understanding is that he had an MRI today that showed this is not a major injury. He's dealing with a relatively minor hamstring pull, hamstring strain. Uh, don't expect him to play on Thursday night against Washington. That would just be such a quick turnaround. But uh, the plan, as I understand it, is for him to be back for that November 3rd game uh, against the Chiefs. That's a, a big couple of games, even though no Patrick Mahomes in all likelihood for that game. Uh, but the following week, they're at Dallas, you know, two road games that are in pretty tough places to play. Uh, he's going to want to be back for those. And in fact, a- Adam Thielen was trying to come back in that game yesterday. I don't know what was shown on the TV broadcast, but I was watching him uh, from the press box through binoculars. Once he came out of the tent, he was running in place. He was trying to stretch out. He was having some discussions with the athletic training staff and others. In essence, what uh, Eric Sugarman and company told him was, we're, we're not letting you back on the field, dude. We're not. It's a long season. we got to protect you from yourself. Uh, and about five minutes later, gloves were off. Jersey was untucked. I was getting all these people responding to me on Twitter, making fun of me for noting that his shirt was untucked. If, he, if a guy's shirt is out, he's done. I've never seen a guy all of a sudden just be like, completely, you know, letting himself go on the sideline and come back into the game. It was it was very apparent at that point. 
uh, that he was not going to be back. But given that this is one of your top playmakers, um, this is this is pretty good news uh, overall, especially because initially when you see him skid into that barricade, you're just thinking did something get caught up? What what exactly uh, what exactly hit here, and is he going to be okay? So, Tom, are, are you with me on this? These past three games. Because the main discussion right now is about Cousins, and he, listen, he's played great. Good for him. But my point is this, too. These past three games, the philosophy and scheme of of this team has worked, and the play calling has been outstanding. So beyond Kirk, I I also think that they got done with that Bears debacle, and I don't know exactly what the conversations were. But starting with the Giants game, they basically started to use the scheme and thought process that when Kubiak got the job— we all expected. So this isn't just a Kirk thing. Yes, Kirk's been a vital part to it, but this is also uh, this is what we thought that this offense, with all its components as well, was capable of doing. And for the last three games, they've been doing those things. Well, it's interesting, Jeb, because I, I talked with Kevin Stefanski a few days ago, and I asked him more or less the same question, which was just you know about the as I put it to him, like you kind of went into the fun bag a little bit there in the Eagles game with the end rounds and the reverses and everything else. And you know, his point was just like this is all just based on attacking the defense's weaknesses. Like we're not having any kind of philosophical come to Jesus moment here. But the Eagles, they had a penetrating defensive line that wants to get up the field. So how do you attack that? You stretch the field horizontally. You, you get the end rounds and the reverses. Uh, and they're also, the Eagles are also depleted in the secondary. So you attack, uh, those guys. This game against the Lions was going to be much different just because the Lions want to, like all the Bill Belichick teams, they want to set the edge and hem everything in, um, you know, and, and try to win that way. So, you know, the, the philosophy was going to be different going into this game, but I think you did see probably the best example this past week of what that scheme does you you talk about Gary Kubiak he played and coached under Mike Shanahan um so there was that derivation of the system then Kyle Shanahan Mike's son worked for Kubiak Kyle put his own spins on the offense you see parts of that in what Sean McVay does what Matt LaFleur does but it's all based on this outside zone running that you then can use to set up play action and bootlegs the other direction and it's much more complicated than simply well you're either going to hand it off you're going to fake it They've been hammering the details in practice through the whole offseason. It's every part of the fake. It's every guy on the field has to sell the fake. There was one play in the game yesterday. I can't remember what point of the game it was, but it was the Vikings were either in the, on the edge of the red zone or just outside of the red zone. And they ran a fake zone right play to Dalvin. And I was my eyes were on Dalvin. The crowd goes wild because Snacks Harrison pops Dalvin. And I had to then, like, look over. Kirk still got the ball booting left. That's how well they're selling the fakes now. It, it's everything down to, and Stefanski said this last week, the hand on the belt buckle, the offhand being in a certain place that makes it look more like a handoff. This was a big adjustment um, when Shanahan got to Atlanta because my, Matt Ryan wasn't used to playing under center. and just It's not just hitting the landmarks, which is a big part of it. In other words, getting to the exact spot where the fake or the handoff is going to take place but it's also just the way everything looks, how the running back carries out the fake, how the offensive line carries out the fake. They did that really well. They did it on the huge second and six play last night. And, you know, I asked Thielen about that. I asked Diggs about that. They both said, you know, that was something they've been working on for, you know, been hammering in practice that they wanted to be able to do, which was in that situation, they're going to, the opponent's going to sell out to stop the run. 
You saw the Vikings line up in three tights. That is a ballsy call to make in that situation. It's a one-man pattern, okay, meaning Stephon Diggs is the only receiver downfield. If he's covered up or if the rush gets home, that's either an incomplete pass that stops the clock and extends the game for the Lions, which is what they want at that point, or Kirk ends up taking a sack and losing yardage. Everything had to go right, including Kirk putting that ball right on the money, Diggs making the catch, and that might be the most undersold difference from that Chicago game that everybody keeps going back to. You know, we can call it play calling or whatever, but Kevin Stefanski can't make that throw for Cousins on the first drive of the game where he overshoots Thielen. Stefanski can't not fumble the ball for Diggs when they finally cross midfield. But were there things they could have done differently? Sure, but they are executing what they're being told to do at a really high level. They're increasingly comfortable with all the nuances of this scheme. And, yeah, as a play caller, I'm sure that gives you a little bit more confidence in that spot, knowing what the reaction's going to be if that ball's incomplete, to call it and then have the guys execute it. That's, that's as good as it gets. Talking with Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, as we do every Monday at 5 here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. One part of the scheme that I think is is drastically improved, but it's it's hard to tell from sitting at home and watching on TV, Tom. It looks like the offensive line the guys are blocking better individually, and they're blocking better as a unit and picking up the zone blocking that Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski brought in with them. There's no question. I mean, they have a, a line that's they're not small, but they're you know certainly they have more athletic traits than they do power traits. That's what you want in zone running because the short version to explain this would be you have combo blocks on the front side of the play. There's not a specific gap like you get in gap scheme plays. Basically, it's up to the running back to identify where the hole is going to take place. And then ideally, you have you know combo blocks on the front side, and then one of the two players in that combo block will slide off and take the linebacker. That's why you need an offensive lineman who can move, and that's why you want a one-cut running back like Dalvin Cook who can quickly get north and south uh, when he gets onto the perimeter. It, it does play to their strengths, but again, it, it comes back to the base philosophy of the scheme is it kind of eases pressure on everybody. You should be able to create open receivers because you're going to see favorable matchups in the box. You should also be able to create, ideally, when it's working right, this wave effect out in front of the play where somewhere along the line, again, it doesn't have to be the specific hole. You're not just going for one spot that's going to be an off-tackle play. It's There's going to be an opening somewhere based on where those combo blocks hit the defensive front. Uh, they've been doing that really well, no question. I mean, that's why they drafted Garrett Bradbury. That's why they signed Josh Klein. Uh, that's why they felt Elfline was going to be a better fit uh, at the right guard position. Riley Reef continues to get by. He's probably a little bit more athletic than uh, people realize, and, and they got a really good athletic right tackle in Brian O'Neill. Now, you know, the Lions front, when they're fully healthy, is really good. They're not fully healthy right now. Snacks has not looked quite like himself so far. They don't have Deshaun Hand. You know, but you play the guys who are on the other side of you. What you should do, you know, ask football outsiders about this. What you should do is dominate inferior opponents. That's the mark of the best teams. It's not just being able to win close games. It's when you face a team that's not as good as you, you dominate them. Defensively, the Vikings had a couple of letdowns yesterday. You can't overlook that. I mean, there were a couple of clear-blown coverages. Nobody draws up a defense, and certainly not Mike Zimmer, to leave nobody within 30 yards of Danny Amendola. Uh, there's things they have to clean up on that side, but they dominated offensively in that game, um, just as they had played really well against the Giants, just as they um, certainly showed up well against the Eagles last week. I mean, these are all positive signs. When you look at just the numbers in the big picture, the fact that the Vikings hadn't put up over 500 yards in a game in five years, Kirk Cousins hadn't had 300-plus yards passing in three straight games since, like, 2015 with the Redskins, they're doing stuff that's 
you know, beyond what uh, what Viking fans have seen in a while, and I'm sure it's uh, you know it's a lot better to watch than what you saw in those first couple of road games of the season. That is Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights every Monday here at five o'clock. I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. All right, where can people find you? Whatever you happen to be wearing below the uh, the cut line there, where can people find you and when on NFL Network this week? Pants not optional the next few days because I will be at the Vikings facility tomorrow. Then I will be at the stadium Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, start, game day coverage starting at 6 a.m. on uh, Good Morning Football, so I know we're all looking forward to that. Right on. All right, Tom. Rich, can't wait to get there at 6 a.m. Or no, probably 5.30 a.m. Yeah, 5. Try to show up an hour early. It takes a while to get the makeup right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Barely knowing you, Tom. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. 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 Tom Felicero's NFL insights. Makeup, right? <laughs> if I ever have to say that, strangle me. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're doing TV, man, you, gotta, you need No, I know. No, no, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, if I ever say I have to get the makeup right, just strangle me. I mean, we are doing a lot of video content. Our YouTube channel is yeah, popping morning, a lot of makeup. Line. No makeup. Oh, really? No makeup. You just, you just no makeup. wake up looking like I that. I just huh? wake up like that. Yeah. Well, I shower. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Depends. That should just be the poll question for every morning Judd video. Has Judd showered Has Judd yet? Showered. Yes or no? What do you mean sometimes? You don't shower every day? Oh, I do, but I I've do. done them from, from my bed before before I take a shower. Okay. All right. Oh, no, I shower on a daily. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't shower if it's a Saturday and I'm going to watch college football all day. Lots of times I won't shower. I'm with Judd on that. I, I but if I'm going to leave the house, I shower. I pick a weekend day sometimes and I just like... What? Just like... Shower late on Saturday and then wing it I'm, on Sunday. I'm with Phil. Like that. Absolutely, yeah. That's fine. No, it's not. Who, who, are, you offend, who are you offending? You should bathe daily. Why? Because. It's just good hygiene. That's just taking good care of yourself. I mean, I don't necessarily That's basic bathe. basic self-care. Okay, if I'm going to lay on the couch all day, you're saying that I should bathe to lay on the couch? Yes. Like my couch oh, cares? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. Rami, listen. I don't necessarily bathe daily, and look where it's gotten me in life. <laughs> It feels right. There's just no need to bathe on a daily basis, is there? Yes. No, there's not. Jonathan, have you bathed since Minnesota United was bounced last night? Since last night? No, I got home at like 2 o'clock and kind of woke up and rolled in here. So no. Oh, so you're not showered right now from yesterday? But I showered I mean, I don't before care. I left just... for the game, so sure, sure. it's been I'm, less oh, than I'm not, 24 hours I'm not since I showered. No, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just asking. I mean, before we get to Vikings nitpicks, I feel like the floor should be Jonathan's here for a couple minutes I watched that whole thing last night, and I thought Minnesota tweeting. United was the best team. Yeah, and I'm going to steal. I can't believe I'm. I might get this wrong, but if my uh, if my analyst hat is on correctly here, I believe the way you would phrase it is Minnesota United was terrible in the final third of the field. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, they just couldn't. Finish. Or as I would say it, somebody put the damn ball in the back of the net. Okay, that's the simple way of putting it. Yeah, I mean they they struck the game yesterday's game came down to that that. You Minnesota United, as you said, played the better game. They outclassed LA Galaxy for much of that game, and LA Galaxy, with their their attacking talents that they had, just only needed a couple moments, and they capitalized and won two one. So it was pretty much like every Minnesota Wild playoff yeah. game. What is it about okay. St. Paul teams and uh, important games and not being able to finish? I have no idea, but that was definitely Minnesota sure. United fans welcome to being a professional or a top division. You know what it was, Jake Allen. I knew he'd come back. Couldn't <laughs> get was, a ball by Jake. For LA couldn't Galaxy. get a ball by Jake. Well, no, Allen. they didn't even. It, it wasn't LA Galaxy's keeper having a great day. He was barely challenged. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say I think you've kind of nailed the characterization. All the the last couple of years, I feel like Minnesota United's fan base. It feels different than other fan bases. Mm-hmm, sure. The energy is different in that stadium. 
a lot of times now you have a taste of what Minnesota now, sports but is like, all about. At the end of the yeah. day, it's you're in, you're a Minnesota sports <laughs> team. You're one of, one this of is us. what happened. I texted you last night as we were talking uh, during the game. I'm like Minnesota United fans, that feeling of disappointment and anger you're feeling right now. That's what it's like to be a Minnesota sports fan. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. So how would you characterize? I mean, it was it was a surprise season. Maybe not. For, I mean, I think some people internally thought this is going to be the year, but yeah. they surprised the rest of MLS. How would you sort of characterize it? Are you more Happy that they made the playoffs and had a fun regular season, or are you more ticked off that they lost in the way that they did? I'm disappointed it ended the way it did. I mean, but other than that, overall, 30,000 foot view, I thought, I think it was a great season. They stepped up their defense. The defense chopped off 27 goals from previous season where they had a record amount of goals again that they gave up. So the defense came through. They made a couple good signings in the offseason and throughout the season. It was definitely a great stepping stone going into Allianz Field, legitimizing the club within MLS, and basically revi- or changing people's opinions on the club within the league. It was it was a good season. Yeah, it looked really cool on uh, TV. By the way, like the mm-hmm. crowd, I don't know. It was, but this was is a the lot thing. I've heard that place. Every I feel like every Minnesota sports crowd, rightfully so. By the way, when you watch a playoff game on TV, or you or you're even when you're at Target Field for that Twins Yankees game, there's a nervous energy because. Oh my God! Like, what's the thing that's going to happen? And it didn't feel like a nervous energy watching last night, but it will going forward. So has, <laughs> has it was definitely nervous energy after the first goal. Was has scored. the heartbreak just started too? The heartbreak? Well, yeah. I mean, you go back to the playoffs and lose again, and then you go back and lose again. Well, that would be the Minnesota sports. The thing Wild to did do. it six yeah. consecutive years before they bailed. Well, if they do it next year, then yeah. I mean, they were the only home team in the first round of the playoffs to lose so i mean it was all set up for them to minnesota sports it and unfortunately they're part they did. of the club how did yeah. zlatan do he didn't do anything rami 2.0 rami 2.0 was shut out i'm just asking once again at allianz field he said it's one of his favorite places to play just because it looks amazing i didn't know he was i thought he was like in his mid-30s he's like 38 yeah he's 39 yeah he's just about done right yep it's either going to be a movie deal or he's going to go i think he was in born China like the day probably. after me and I've said before, like, God made me. He was like, this ain't right. Like, the legs aren't long enough on this. I got to fix this. Among other things. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you got sent back, basically? I, like, no. you didn't get sent back, but you did. I got rebooted. But he's the new, he's the new version. He's the 2.0 version. He made him, like, the correct height for the all his other proportions. You're, you're like, the, you're like the, and, the as-is version on the rack. Like, right. So can, Rami is Rocky this, four, and then Zlatan is Creed? No, 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 no. Rami would be Rocky five. Yeah, Rocky five. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a better analogy than that. Yeah, no, that's probably good. I'm Rocky Five. <laughs> Rocky or is three? he Rocky, Rocky Balboa? Probably about right. Is okay. he Rocky Balboa? Vikings knit Rocky Balboa was when we good. Come back I here. thought Rocky Balboa it, was good. Is that the best that you can possibly do? Now I'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this guy on earth, but I'll I'll give it another like, shot. It doesn't, it doesn't, I was just tired when I made this guy. It doesn't look right. <laughs> it's not proportional. It doesn't. It can't. Are run. you saying God got questioned? Yeah. No. Hey. God questioned himself. He fit. He finished. I can do that better. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What, what and then is, he did. What is this? Dam- uh, we'll put him down there, but we'll improve on it. Damien's six pack, longer legs, athleticism, wit, wit. Yeah. Exactly. A sense of humor. He's got wit. He's got wit at least. Not going as much for him. as Lots on has. All right. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and we'll come back with our Vikings nitpicks here.